And I'm going to share another message to you this morning, one that I hope will challenge you in the area of parenting and relationships. Simply put, I just uh, entitled this message this morning, You Be the Judges. Why? Because I'm going to speak from the book of Judges. And I'm going to share with you about a famous couple. Many of you know them. There is even a song. Run, Samson, run. Delilah's on her way. Run, Samson, run. You ain't got time to stay. So who am I going to talk about? Samson and Delilah. But why? Why judges? See here, this is a graphic of the cycle of sin and deliverance in the book of Judges. When God's people entered the promised land, Joshua brought them over. And they committed in the book of Joshua that they will follow God. So while they had some challenges, they committed to follow God and they were doing well. But enter the book of Judges. They did not do as well. As a matter of fact, they failed miserably. So here is what happened. The Israelites sinned against the Lord. So what does the Lord do? The Lord afflicts them. Israel and the Israelites are afflicted by their enemies. And then what happens? The Israelites cry unto the Lord for deliverance. What does God do? The Lord raises up judges who deliver the Israelites from their enemies. That word judges can also be transliterated as Savior. However, it does not stop in bracket number four. Do you see the arrow? It goes back to number one. The people sin against the Lord. The Lord afflicts them through their enemies. Oh, they cry out to the Lord. Oh, the Lord will send a judge to deliver them. Is this the pattern of your life? Very honest. At least one person is honest. You see? We disobey God. And because of our disobedience and because of the faithfulness of God, God will send perhaps trial, testing, pruning, rebuke, pain. And then we remember, oh, I have sinned against the Lord. God, will you forgive me? And what will God do? Because of what Jesus Christ has done. Will he forgive you? And then what happens? God, it's a crazy cycle. You had 12 judges in the book of Judges. And then after that, two more. Eli and Jeremiah. Notice the pattern. The people sin. God sends affliction to call their attention. They cry out to the Lord. They repent. But then what happens? They go back. To square number one. Lord willing, at the end of this message, you and I and all of us will decide to break the cycle. Amen? So let's pray and commit the time to the Lord. God Almighty, thank you for everything that you are doing in our midst. Thank you even, Lord God, for the upcoming family camp that we hope and pray will really imbibe the idea that everyone, every family is a discipleship group. Far be it from us, Lord God, to let other ministries disciple our own children. We are the parents. We are responsible and accountable to you. So I pray that you will encourage your people to come and register and participate. And we know, Lord God, because you own everything that you will provide for everything financial in nature, that needs to be done for the success of this camp. 
We commit this to you, Lord God, and we, we commit to you our message this morning. Be pleased to speak to your people through your humble servant, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you see the cycle. I pick it up in Judges chapter 13. Notice, again. You're already in chapter 13. What is that word? Again. They just go about the cycle. They just keep on going about. So they're up, they're down. They're going around. It's like a Ferris wheel. They can't get off. Again, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Will God allow affliction in your life? Yes. Is that affliction meant to hurt you? That affliction is meant to discipline you. To conform you to the image of Christ. Again, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. So what did the Lord do? He gave them over to the hands of the Philistines. For how long? For 40 years. Verse 2, a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Behold, Chino, not, not many Chino is here, they're out. Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. You are childless, but you will give birth because God is going to bless you. You will give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. There's going to be a boy. This boy whom you will deliver shall not have a haircut ever. No razor will touch his head. You will not drink wine while you're pregnant. This boy is not supposed to drink wine either. Why? He is going to be born a Nazarite, dedicated while he was still in the womb. You get the idea? And who is he talking about? Samson. Samson. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to steer him while he was in Mahane, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtol. We are introduced to Samson, the Nazarite. No wine, no haircut. Kawawa yung mga parlor. We don't get anything from him. God raised up Samson to use Samson to deliver God's people from the Philistines. Why were they under the Philistines anyway? Because they disobeyed God. Alright? Now, verse 14. Samson went down to Timnah. Samson is all grown up by this time. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. What's the problem? Huh? I always hear that. What's wrong with being able to see a woman? Anything wrong? Well, she's a Philistine. So what? She's the enemy. So what? You know why I asked? Because I did not show you the whole verse. Now get her for me as my wife. When you look at another woman who is not your wife, you have not yet sinned. 
But when you lust after her, there you have committed adultery with her in your heart. Be careful. Be careful as to what the Bible says. Just because Samson looked at another woman who happens to be a Philistine, no sin. But what is his desire? What is his desire? Get her for me as my wife. Now you see the problem. In their culture, God said, who should they marry into? Their own. Get from your own people. You remember when we were studying the book of Genesis? Abraham even sent somebody all the way there to get, etc., etc. Why? They want to, they should marry within their people. Okay? Now, you are Manoah, the father of Samson. And your son says, that is the woman that I like to marry. What will you do? You are talking to the deliverer. The one God sent to deliver you from the Philistines. Take her, I want her. Get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? What is the symbol? What is the sign if you are a follower of Jesus Christ? If you are an Israelite, what? Circumcised. You must be circumcised on the eighth day. That was the sign of the covenant. Yes? So, when you say uncircumcised, means Gentile. More so, Philistine. The enemy. Why do you want to get a wife from our enemy? Is there no one here from our tribe, from our relatives, that you need to go outside? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She is the right one for me. What kind of discipleship relationship does this family have? If you disciple, parents, if you disciple your children well, Based on the counsel of Scripture, Lord willing, if you show them the Bible, they will obey. Yes or no? But if you do not exercise spiritual authority over your own children, or you can show them the Bible, English, Tagalog, Hebrew, Greek, NLB, NLT, ESB, Holman, whatever version, they will not follow. Why? Perhaps, you have not been able to model obedience to the Word of God yourself. And that's why when they hear you say something spiritual, it becomes hypocritical. Why? You yourself, you don't even follow the Bible. You tell me children obey your parents? My father doesn't even love my mother. My mother does not even submit to my father. And they have the audacity to tell me to obey them because that is what the Bible says. Get her for me. She is the one for me. What does the book of Proverbs tell us? Read with me, please. Hear my son your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Oh, who is supposed to parent? Who? Mother and father. Many times we relegate it, we delegate it. Oh, my role is to just go to work, bring the money, you take care of the kids, huh? Is that what the Bible is teaching us? Oh, see, ngayon, hindi na kayo makasalita. Look, my, my, your, hear my son, your father's instruction, do not forsake your mother's teaching. So both parents are supposed to parent. Kaya nga may S eh. Parents. 
Children, if you obey your parents, look at the promise in verse 9. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. When, when you see my children obeying me and loving the Lord, it's a testimony, right? And it is a crown of glory on my head too as a parent. But if you see any of my children going against the word of God, Anak, anak, anak ka ng pastor. Yeah? Anak ka ng pastor, bakit mo ginawa yan? Kasi nga, ikaw ang tatay ko. What am I driving at? If I do not model it, if I do not model it, they can use my counsel to them against me. But if I myself model it and I give them counsel, children, you see, this is what the Bible says. We should obey this. Don't you think? Yes, Dad, I agree. If they, if they see it being modeled. But if I just keep on teaching them without showing them with my life, there's a disconnect. There was counsel given by the parents. Is there really no other one from our tribe that you would want to go marry someone from the Philistines? Ah! Get her for me! So Samson went down to Timna together with his father and mother. Oh, what happened? Tuloy ang kasal! Samson went down to Timna together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timna, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands and he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his father what he had done. You see the strength of Samson. We will not go to it, but with the jawbone, he killed 300 people. Here you see a lion come at him. He just grabbed it by the jaw. He tore the lion in two. Why? The Spirit of the Lord was with him. The Spirit of God empowered him. Then he went down and talked with the woman and he liked her. Natural. Sometime later when he went back to marry her. Did the wedding go through? Oh, bakit dito lang? Yes or no? Yes. He disobeyed his parents. He disobeyed the counsel of God. He went and did his own thing and he married this woman. Sometime later, he went back to marry her. He turned aside to look at the lion's carcass and in it saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some and they too ate it. But he did not tell them that it was it had that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. What's the big deal? In the book of Deuteronomy, they were told, do not approach someone, something that is dead. If you are with me and we study our lesson on the reliability of the Bible, that command in the book of Deuteronomy is practiced today in medicine. It is called what? Isolation. You do not come near the dead because the body beginning to decompose. What did he do? Did he obey? No. no. As a matter of fact, he got the honey. He did not tell his parents. Oh, kain. <laughs> what did the parents do? <laughs> no problem. He didn't tell them. He did a lot of crazy things. Now, think about Samson, all his disobedience thus far, okay? He's marrying out of their, their family line. He's disobeying this. He's disobeying that. He's disrespecting his parents. He's now married to a Philistine woman. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the Valley of Zorak, whose name was Delilah. He's married, right? 
Saan galing yung hahaha na yun? Parang meron kami hindi alam ah. He, her name was Delilah. He's already married to this girl from Timna. Now he's looking at this woman from Sorek and he falls in love with Delilah. Now, remember, they are under the Philistines. So you love this woman, huh? <laughs> okay. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure her, lure him into showing the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we can tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Now, I did not compute anymore. But you know the idea. They are bribing Delilah to get the secret of Samson's strength. For what purpose? To destroy him. To take him captive. Because his strength is now known. He is a threat to the Philistines. Now, so Delilah said to Samson, you see, we're already in chapter 16. Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Did Delilah try to veil or hide the purpose of her question? No. Maybe it's a different story. Wow, you are so strong. 24 fitness, 24 hour fitness, LA fitness. How do you, how do you get that, that strength? What do you do? At least Delilah was very forthright. Tell me the secret of your strength so that we can overpower you, so that we can subdue you and tie you up. Right? What did Samson do? Samson answered her, If anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become weak as any other man. Did Samson give in? He gave them a... You see, one of the... If you read the life of Samson, he was fond of riddles. He was fond of riddles. Riddle is meant to get one over you. I give you a riddle. The idea is that you cannot answer the riddle. Therefore, I'm better than you. You see, he didn't get the riddle. He was fond of that. Delilah asked him, point blank, tell me the secret of your strength so that we may tie you up and subdue you. Oh, well, if you get seven, bowstring, seven fresh bowstrings, not drive, tie me up, I'm done. I'll be as weak as any other man. Verse 8, Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. Now, I don't know how she tied them. I don't know what happened. Bible is quiet. With men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. What happened? But he snapped the bowstrings as easy as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Now, why in the world will you, if you're Samson, and this Delilah, this woman, is already telling you, I want to subdue you, I want to hurt you, give me the secret. Why in the world will you give the secret? Or why in the world will you play around with such very important information? Why? Look at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 18. Can we all read this? Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before the fall. If you think you are strong, be careful. Samson, I'll toy around with you. I'll play around with you. I am strong because the Lord is with me. Yakang yakayan. Then Delilah said to Samson, Oh, you have made me a fool. 
You have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now. Tell me how you can be tied. First time, no go. Now, I thought you loved me. You're making a fool of me. Same question. Tell me. Tell me how you can be tied and subdued. He said, give in na naman. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. Again, he toys around with telling Delilah the secret of his strength. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the rope of his arms as if it were threads. You toy around with sin. You put yourself in danger, my friend. <coughs> Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Flee immorality. When we say you run, you run away from sin. You run to God. Run, Samson, run. Delilah is on her way because she wants to know your secret, to trap you, to subdue you. So Delilah took, called upon the Samsons, but Samson just, you know, Destroyed it. Verse 13. Then Delilah said to Samson, All this time you have been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied, he replied. If you weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with a pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was still sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head and wove them into the fabric. What is the motive of Delilah? And here you have Samson continually toying and playing around. He is not serious about it. Because I submit to you, he is already proud. He does not follow his parents. He does not obey the counsel of the word of God. He does what he pleases. And this woman is trying to entice him, to lure him, to trap him, to divulge the secret. So Delilah, thinking that this is the way, continues to follow and tighten it with the pin. Again, she called to Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and pulled the pin and the loom with the fabric. Then she said to him, Ito na. How can you say, I love you? When you don't confide in me. This is the third time that you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of such great strength. Young people, if your boyfriend or girlfriend is telling you to prove your love for him or her, by having premarital sex, that person is not worthy of your love. Let me repeat. That person is not worthy of your love because that person does not value your virginity. You might be coerced you might be tormented even. Oh, you don't love me. You said you love me. Is that the way you prove your love for me? Yeah, but I want to wait for marriage. Yeah, but it's, it's going to happen anyway. And we're going to get married anyway. 
Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. That person, if that person really loves you, that idea of premarital sex will not even enter that person's mind because this person will respect you and will respect God. Honor the marriage bed to keep it pure. You love me, yet you don't want to tell me the secret of your strength? If I cannot appeal to your heart, I will appeal to your ear. Mm. With such nagging. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death. Ano, tell me the secret. Tell me the secret. You said you love me. Come on. You know, some of us, when we cannot get our way, we call on money. You know who money is? Manipulador. You want to manipulate situation. You want to manipulate the conversation. You want to manipulate people. Why? Because you want to get your way. If I cannot get with you through your emotions, I'm going to nag you to death. Every conversation I will start will end up in my desire to bring the conversation to where I want it to go. Every situation I will use to get my way. What did Delilah do? With such nagging, he prodded him day after day until what? He was just sick of it. Couples, Sometimes you're just so full of it because you do not want to face the real situation and address the real problem. What do you do? Okay. I am the source of all the problems of the world. It is my fault. Okay. Are you done? It doesn't resolve anything. You have to face the problem. And by the grace of God, desire to resolve it. Samson knew since day one that Delilah wanted the secret so that he could be overpowered and subdued and handed over to the Philistines. So, because he was sick to death, what did he do? So he told her everything. And what is that everything? No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. He finally spilled the beans. He finally told the truth. But who, to whom did he tell the truth? The to the enemy. So what happened? When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, Come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hand. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. So she began to subdue him. He has now finally told the secret. But all this while, he was toying with Delilah. And he was sleeping. And his hair was being shaved off. Why? And his strength left him. His strength left him. He's asleep. He doesn't know what's going on. Then she called Samson. The Philistines are upon you. 
He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. You, you think you are strong. In reality, you are really weak. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul reminds us, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. I can break the chains, no problem. But he did not know that the power of God was no longer with him. He was now powerless. So what happened? Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they sent him to grinding grain in the prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. You see, I like that last part in verse 22. For me, it is a picture of the restoration process beginning again. What was the source of his strength? Hair. The hair. But was that really the source of his strength? No. The source of his strength was God. But because of his constant disobedience to God, what happened? The strength left him. The hair is just a symbol. But it is also likewise a symbol that his hair began to grow back. For me, that is the beginning of restoration. Why? Because now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Oh, our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who has laid waste our land and multiply our slain. What happened? What happened to the testimony of Samson? What happens to your testimony and my testimony when we fail miserably? Our enemies use that to mock us. Our enemies use that to dishonor our God. If that is a Christian, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Look at him. He says he's a Christian. But look, look at the testimony. If that is a Christian, I don't want to be a Christian. Look, our God, small g, delivered Samson, our enemy. Our God, small g, has delivered our enemy into our hands. They made a mockery of Samson, the one sent from God to deliver them from the Philistines. So they were partying. While they were, st they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson from out of the prison and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Ooh. Get this wife for me. I don't care. Let me have Delilah. Let me go to the carcass. Let me eat of its honey. I don't care. There's no God in that story. All of a sudden, Samson prayed. Do you remember the cycle I showed you? People sin against God. God sends affliction. They repent. God restores them. However, they go back. Back. Click, 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 click. Never-ending cycle. But just as his hair begins to grow back, he recovers. <coughs> Samson prayed to God, Sovereign Lord, remember me please, God. 
strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. My friends, if you really repent, God is gracious. If you confess, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But you have to come to Him in repentance. Don't use His forgiveness as you would deal out playing cards. Your forgiveness is paid for by the cross of Jesus, by the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Samson prayed, one last time, Lord. One more, just once. These are the enemies of God, right? So he's asking, one more. Let me take revenge. Then Samson reached towards the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. I see the grace of God. My friend, you are not too far into your sin because no one is outside the reach of the grace of God. But we need to come honestly before God. We need to tell God that we have made mistakes. We need to tell God that we have sinned. We need to tell God, God, I want to change. If that is your prayer, do you think God will honor that? But if you go to God and say, God, will you please forgive me so that the next time I do it, I can go to you for forgiveness again? If you as a parent, your children will go to you like that. Okay, Dad, you forgive me, huh? Pero yun know, lamas lang sa inyong eh. Ngungo lang eh. Pai, sige nga, pag-aani mo na. Hindi yun talaga maulit, tay. Tapos sabi ng tatay, ikaw naman kasi namin ko. Yun ang discipleship, ha? Come on, guys. Let's stop toying around with God. Because one day, sooner or later, your sin is going to catch you. There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. What you have whispered in the inner room, inner room will be proclaimed upon the housetops. But if you will not do so, Numbers 32, you have sinned against the Lord and your, you, what? Be sure your sin will find you out. You can get away with it now in your mind. You can get away with it tomorrow in your mind. But what is the Bible telling us? One day, one day, with Samson, it was, okay, tell me. So he tells, huh? Do you know money? Oh, tell me. Oh, here. Oh, do you know money? Oh, tell me na. Oh, ito. Oh, do you know money? I thought you loved me. Finally, he gives in. If you read your Bible, you will know in the book of Acts, there is this couple named Ananias and Sapphira. They lied about their contribution. Ananias died instantaneously. Sapphira comes. Is this the value of the property for which you sold? Yes. 
the feet of the men who have carried your husband going out have not yet left the house. You have lied to the Holy Spirit. Boom! Instantaneous. My friend, if it's not today, it's going to come. Don't toy around with God. Your sin will find you out. So what will I do? What is the application? Therefore, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. What do you mean by making the most of your time? I looked at it in the King James. Here is what it says. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fool, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. There are a lot of here, you know, who play golf. I? The hole is here. That's all you know, those of you who don't play golf. The hole is here. The ball is. Pew. I? And then you hit. Oh, it goes back. What do you call that? Recovery. Recovery. Recover the time. Redeem the time. It's not yet too late. The time to start is now. The person to change is you. Redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. They will become worse before they become better. Redeem the time. Get serious with God. Disciple your family. Don't, don't be like this family of Samson. The parents did not influence their own son. He just had his way. And finally, he told them the secret. He was not supposed to do. And he suffered for it. God's name was dishonored. God's name was made fun of by the Philistines. But when Samson recovered, then how did he recover? He prayed to the Lord. God, one last chance that I may avenge you. What did God do? God honored Samson. God restored his strength. And he was able to destroy the Philippines. The Philippines. <laughs> sorry, ah, sorry. Don't look at your Facebook and you maybe something happened in the Philippines. That's not me, okay? God, God used Samson to kill more Philistines in his death than when he was alive. Chinecheck ko lang kung gising kayo. No, honestly, that was a slip of the tongue. He destroyed more Philistines, yeah, na, very careful, Philistines, in his death when he was alive. Why? Because he recovered. He repented. And God allowed him to redeem his honor. You and I have that opportunity. We may have blown, blown it. It's never too late. It's never too late to change. The time to change is now. The person to change is you. Stop looking at your parents. Stop looking at your children. Look in the mirror. I have to change. I have to get real with God. I have to be serious with God. Parents, if your children are young, do not ever, ever think, ah, they're still too young to understand. It's all right. When they're older. And then when they're older, what? You might have a Samson. She is the one I want. Get me, get her for me. And then the parents, okay, let's go to team now. You can ask any of my children when they come, you know, uh, you know, this person, I like this person, blah, 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 blah. 
the first question my wife and I will ask is this person a follower of Jesus Christ? If you cannot answer number one, no need to answer question two, three, four, five, six. Because the most important question has to first be settled. Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. For what does God have to do with Baal? Many of us end it there. But the contrast is there. God and idol. What do they have to do with each other? Nothing. Nothing. So don't toy around with God. Get serious, my friend. And trust that God is a gracious God that you can still redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Let's pray. God, thank you for the warning that you give us through the life of Samson. God, it is my prayer that none of us here and all Christian families all over the world help us not to toy around with sin. Help us to take your word seriously. Because you know everything, Lord God. You know our desires. You know our thoughts. You know our plans. But your word says, you know the plans that you have for us. Plans not to harm us, but you plan to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future. Lord, help us to really disciple our families so that we, f we don't fall into to the trap of the family of Samson who let their son just go about his way because he was the judge that you had sent. Don't, us, don't allow us to follow Samson who keep on playing and going near to sin and doing sin and toying around with, with Delilah only to fall. Because when pride sets in, Lord God, we who think that we are strong are really going to crumble and fall. God, forgive us, Lord, when we don't take you seriously. Will you please allow your Holy Spirit to move in this place in our hearts, Lord? Let your Holy Spirit bring conviction in our lives. And as we listen to your Holy Spirit, Lord, allow us to repent and to recover and to redeem the time. Give us the desire, Lord God, to put our families first by discipling them first and foremost. And in the process, Lord God, as you grow us to be more and more like Christ as individuals and as families, Lord God, may the glory only go to you and to you alone. For this is our prayer in the mighty and holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen.